This episode of Searching for Ghosts contains graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Searching for Ghosts. I mentioned in the last episode that Lucas and I were about to take this up a notch. Well, here it is. We have been contacted separately by a source who went on the record with us both. They got busy and cleaned everything up. And that's the only explanation that they can think of for the house being for spotless. And this source's theory goes where our investigation was leading us, to Mr. Y. And the carpet being damp where it had been shampooed. We've decided to use this as a baseline for the rest of our investigation with this podcast. We're not saying that this is what happened. I was told that they used a pressure washer to clean it up. We are not saying that it isn't either. We don't know. But we are going to put this out there, and in later episodes, examine and break this down piece by piece. Because this theory damn near involves everyone. In investigating this theory, we will cover all the bases. Alright, you got your full slide here. When we listen to a story being told, it's a lot like reading one in a book. Our mind's eye starts to paint pictures for us. When we listen to the story of how Cindy found the house that night, with the back door open the television on, and a bowl of cookies and milk on the floor, we each have our own version of how this looked. I know I do. But today, I no longer have to imagine. Today, I stand at the base of a hallway just outside the living room in a small house of approximately 900 square feet in Milan, Tennessee. And just to the right, I notice a bedroom as I struggle to keep my composure. 21 years ago, this was Casey McDaniel's bedroom. And today, I'm at ground zero. I'm currently standing in the spot where this two decades old nightmare began. I appreciate you letting us come in the door. I'm trying to create my mind when it all happened. And how, you know, when we came over here and found out, because Casey and my son were in the same grade. Uh-huh. And, um, we used to pick her up a lot and take her to the ball games with us and that kind of stuff. And I was here, and I, I'm just like trying to figure out where to regulate my thoughts yeah. and trying to see if anything pops back up. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. sure you remember Dawn from previous episodes. She was there at the beginning, helping with rescue dogs, flyers, and stakeouts. She contacted me after talking with her sister Tracy, who was with Dawn at the house just a few days after Casey went missing. Tracy had remembered something that Dawn had forgotten about that day, so I went to Tracy's house to get her recollections. I mentioned that we were going to use the story from episode 10 as a baseline for this investigation, since it involves so many people. Some of the things mentioned in that episode stood out to me. They seemed like they could be easier to verify than a lot of the big mysteries in this case. One of the statements mentioned was that the house was unusually clean in the days following Casey's disappearance. 
when they got there, the house was unusually clean. It wasn't usually clean. Uh, certain people were there that even kicked a shoe off and a foot off and felt that the carpet was damp and freshly shampooed. Honestly, I don't remember smelling clean, you know, smelling like carpet had been cleaned or whatever. I, you know, I don't, no, nothing stood out like that. It wasn't nasty, but it wasn't, Mary Maids hadn't been there or anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just, it was just lived in. It was just a house, just lived in. Hello? <laughs> he didn't have nothing, so I brought peanut butter and cracker and water. Not. Cindy didn't keep trashy house. Mm -mm. It, she just, I guess you just don't know what to do and what not to touch. And but it wasn't a bunch of, oh, let me straighten up before everybody comes. Mm -mm. It was lived in. Yeah. And Casey's in. room was, we sat on Casey's bed and we're just looking around her room like, what can we find? What can we find? Because we thought she was missing. Yeah. You know, just who did? And at first it was. I really thought it was the boy she was writing letters to because it came out. Cindy thought he was supposed to have gotten out and I thought she took off this boy who she was writing letters to that was supposed to be in trouble in the juvie or whatever. And um, that's really what I thought in the beginning. You know, maybe she met up with him and they ran off for a little bit since he just got freedom. Yeah. Kathy Joe, who was also there with Dawn that following Monday, said the same thing. But I had a friend of Casey's at the time tell me that the house was always nasty. And I've heard an account that the officer who took the initial report and supposedly visited the house that Saturday has said that he thought the house looked unusually clean. I would love to get my hands on that initial report to see if this was mentioned in 1996. So the unusually clean house, for me anyway, is a wash, no pun intended. I have just as many people saying that it was unusually clean as those who say it wasn't. So we're back where we started from. The next thing to examine is Casey's clothing that she wore to the church party. There were uh, the clothes she had on were to the party the night before when law enforcement asked for them to bag them up for be sent for off. They had already been washed and that wasn't something that was normally kept up with either. The laundry. I don't remember. I remember Casey's clothes and they weren't just all neatly folded and washed. No. They were like tousled on the bed. Mm -hmm. Cindy had left stuff. We were waiting on the police to come. No, so that was, those were, were the clothes from that night? Yeah, and, and I was there not the cereal bowl? Was I still, don't remember. I think that, I think I don't that think was, it was still there because it was stomped by then. No, it didn't, I, I'm, I'm almost positive I saw that cookie bowl in a Tupperware like she was keeping it for bank rent or I don't know right. because I remember you making a phone call when you were sitting there because right like you said then you call Winfrey McCoy and say because that tells me right then our state of mind was the police hadn't been there yet mm -hmm. that's what I thought that's why I called yeah me. police hadn't been there that's why everything was I'm thinking the cookies and milk and everything was still sitting there because police hadn't even been there and this was Tuesday She'd been gone since Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when y'all coming? And you called and asked. <clears throat> and what did he say? I can't remember. I just remember saying, what the hell, Mike? What's going on? And 
he was saying that they were investigating, doing an investigation. He'd send somebody else out there. Somebody else out there. I don't remember fingerprints on the back door or anything. You know, you see when they smudge stuff up. They ain't been there. It should be noted that the one thing that everyone agrees on is that the search party from the church was run off that day from behind the house. I've heard different accounts as to how it went down, whether it was Steve or Cindy who did it, but they were indeed told to leave. Um, Hartsfield McCoy who comes to the church to talk to us about Casey being missing, that we could go to Denise's house to make a human chain and search the field behind them. That as we gathered in the backyard to do that, Denise herself come to the door and threw a fit and screamed and hollered and wanted us all off. We had to leave. We weren't allowed to search. She would not let us stay on the property. Then there's the theory that Casey was shot inside the house. So, the story I got was that he actually shot her in Indian's living room. I've known the next door neighbors for years, and I remember them as being rather perceptive. They are the ones who called 911 when a shed was caught on fire in Cindy's backyard. Granted, a burning building is more noticeable than a gunshot, but this neighbor says nothing unusual caught their attention that night. And just as what happens so often when you talk to people, new details tend to emerge. Walked in, you know, checked on Cindy. She was just kind of sitting there. Um, and we were talking, and then she showed us Casey's bedroom, and we walked out of Casey, you know, with the milk and cookies and the bedclothes, you know, the TV. And we walked out of the bedroom, and there were scratches going down the hall wall. And I noticed them. They were just kind of odd looking. And then um, I kind of looked at Dawn. She looked at me, you know, kind of gave that look. Because it was kind of, we kind of shot each other a look. You know, yeah. she knew what I was thinking. I knew what she was thinking. Yeah. Do you remember how high up? Was it lower? Mm -mm. It was, I mean, a little less than halfway up the wall, I guess. Yeah. How long would you say? I mean, run down the length of the... Mm -hmm. All the way, all the way down. And that led to the kitchen where the back door was. Or it led from the kitchen all the way down the hall the other way to the other door, to the living room and the other door. So it's basically like a shotgun house, isn't it? It's yeah. just straight. Yeah. yeah, like this one, just straight. Um, wood paneling? Uh-huh. Was it that dark that was popular back then? Yeah. They had like the black, they had the black, the Bible. black, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. wonder if that paneling's still there. Do you have any idea who, who lives there? I have no idea. It's a rental, mm -hmm. I think, so, you know, they don't own it. Mm -hmm. from what I've... I have no idea who lives there. And this is what made us decide to try to get in that house. But what are the odds that the paneling would still be there? And what could be done about 21-year-old scratches at this point? 
Well, I'm not sure, but we definitely wanted to check out that hallway. Yeah, that night when we were picking up passes, you said it, and I'm like, oh, I forgot. Mm -hmm. All right, dark paneling down the hall. Yeah. Uh -huh. I just never kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, you know, I, it's like I told him, it could have been furniture, it, but it was just odd, odd. All the way down the wall. One of those flashbacks you don't really want yeah. to think about. But you did. You did. Yeah. And I don't think anything was ever said about them. I don't remember anything ever being brought up about them. And I don't remember if they were there before dropping Casey off or something. Uh, they were all in, and we can bust them out. Go to jail today. I have to go to work. Okay. okay. Well, thank you again. Yeah, for thank you so much. The paneling is still there, but it has been painted since 1996. The woman who now lives in the house has been there for 10 years, and according to her, she has never been visited by law enforcement concerning Casey. So here's something that our friends at the Milan Police Department might find interesting. According to Tracy and Don, carpet in that house is the same carpet from 1996. If whatever happened to Casey happened inside that house, that carpet and paneling might hold the answers. Hey guys, Brandon here. I need your help. Searching for Ghosts is made on a shoestring budget. It costs money and time to be able to produce this. I don't believe in doing fundraisers like GoFundMe to support this project. I want to provide a good or service before I ask anyone to spend their hard-earned money. A while back, I put out a four-song album on iTunes and Amazon. It's called Left of Nashville. I recorded everything myself and am quite proud of it. It even caught the eye of some publishers in Los Angeles. So I'm asking that if you are enjoying Searching for Ghosts, that you would pick up a copy of the Left of Nashville EP. Again, you can find this on both iTunes and Amazon.com. The cost is under $4. I will have a link to this in the episode show notes. The way to access the show notes is to simply tap the Searching for Ghosts cover art for the episode. You will see the links for Amazon and iTunes. I appreciate your support. By purchasing the Left of Nashville EP, you are directly supporting Searching for Ghosts which will allow it to continue. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Left of Nashville Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.